Yeah, very busy. <laughs> I'm spreading myself. I'm, I'm in the midst of a burnout. If you guys, I mean, yeah, you don't know. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the midst of a burnout. Everyone, like, it's so funny when you when you talk to like people from Minnesota. They're like, "Oh, how's it going?" And I always just tell them, oh, you know, burning out. They're just in the midst of a burnout. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, "Okay, <laughs> yeah. give this guy some space." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, jeez. But no, I got into stand up right around this time last year. Um, I my car broke down six times or three different times in six weeks and I was just like super pissed um, I had just gotten into like starting to listen to, like Joe Rogan and mm. Theo Vaughn and Chris D'Elia, and I was just, like dude these guys are ballers like I love listening to like comics they're already in the podcast game but they were comics and mm-hmm. I was like ah oh, there's a void there that I kind of saw and then uh, we had a podcast with Yam House which is a local band that you guys mm. should definitely know about um, they're very good. They're from Hudson, Wisconsin. They're our age. Just really, really good yeah. band. Over a million Spotify downloads. And they awesome. just sold out uh, first half in December. Nice. Um, yeah, no, big deal. And these guys, uh, we had them on the podcast over a year ago. And the lead singer, he goes, oh, where do you guys see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> and I go, you know, I'm, I'm dancing around it. I'm like, oh, I want to be at the face of podcasting. Oh, I want to do this and with engineering. And you know, I got a couple other things. And Andrew goes, well, what are those things? And I following well, I knew exactly what. You knew exactly. Yeah, no, no. It was like, a very good podcast playoff question. Yeah, it's, it's a, at that point he just needs to vocalize it and be comfortable saying it because yeah. it's a challenge at that point. Once you actually articulate what you want to do, you got to hold yourself to that standard. You got to go right. do it. Yep. And so literally, I, I, October 9th of last year was when I posted this video. But I was like, I want to get into stand-up comedy. That we're like, is it? What's the date? It's the seventh. Coming so up the anniversary two days nice. was when I said that, and then less than a month later was my first ever stand up. So, and he did pretty well. I think nice. it was all right. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was all right. Zero to one. Zero, Zero to one. one. Yes. But hey, enough about me. This is this is not. I mean, this is our podcast. But like <laughs> again, like we don't need to talk about ourselves. People, and, and anytime we start talking about ourselves, people are like, all right, I'm unsubscribing at this point. Yeah, uh, I've, I've had enough of these guys. <laughs> I've had enough of these guys. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just have to stay later and. And chat more. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Break open the bottle of wine you guys brought. Us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. And Appreciate course. it. Mm-hmm. Do you have a? You I have s- one in I the swear pocket. I, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared at all. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God! Here he goes. <laughs> you gotta always be ready with the bottle opener. Yes, absolutely, beautiful. Ross. Um, Every Ross always comes prepared for opening <laughs> wine, and that's just like everyone knows that. It's a storied. It's a storied name at that legacy. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I do a little research on this podcast, and I know that Ross went to Iowa State, Andy. And his roommate for what? Four years. Four years. Kronick? is that his last name? Kaunick. 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 We can like call him Kaunick. Kaunick. Whatever we want. a mysterious R. Yeah, Matt's listening to this, and I feel like I, like he sent us this email that was like you know you get emails when you're a podcast or anybody you just get these like random emails that are kind of bright in your day. First of all, drink me. I that like that killer cork. I like that. But anyways, we get an email from uh. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we get this email on just like a random day in August and he, the, the title is crazy connections. And this is a novel, like very well written, bullet pointed. I mean, it is, you, you could add a syllabus for this email. Like 10 paragraphs. 10 paragraphs. I mean, you guys got it too. It's one of those where you, you open it, you take a deep breath. And you click on red, and then you come back to it. Yes. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you, which, when, which definitely it, it took. Yeah. A, it honestly did take a couple of days for us to get oh, that interaction yeah. going, but it, it was worth every every it was minute worth of reading. Every freaking sentence. I mean, this guy talks about himself a little bit of like, "Hey, I was Ross's roommate for 
um, four years at Iowa State. You know, I'm an engineer. I do all this. I blah, blah, blah. I'm just finding out, like, what my why is. And then he unpacks, like, what all that um, ultimately yeah. is. And then he – how did he find about find out about our podcast? So, do you know? Yeah. Okay. I think he... Wow, you pour these glasses thick, by the way. Oh. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. The cheers. Italians. Hey. Do I need a glass? Well, you got you got. Uh, I got my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, cheers, cheers. 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 All right. Now we can start. So I think he he said he like mentored uh mentored someone who was on the podcast at his like startup. Oh, Josh Scheffner. Yeah. In Blue Mangoes. That's yeah, a, yeah. Company. Blue Mangoes. Yep. In um in Milwaukee. Yes. Yes. And he was an engineer student as well. So that was it. Yeah. So I think that's how he found out about you guys and kind of how the whole story of crazy connections and he may, may he like drop or he went to your website saw like your your why and he was maybe in, in a like discovering what his why is and yep simon um, simon cynic ask discovering your why the, yeah. mm-hmm. the what how and why very similar and I, I love that that email and it opened us up to a new avenue here and we're talking about the twin cities and, and gathering connections and growing our brands through the people we know so i say we dive right into it and this is an interesting podcast where we got four people on the mic. So we have Ross and Jake. We're going to need to maybe a voice inflection. So we've had Ross speak for a few for a few seconds. Ross. And now, Jake, please uh, yes. we'll pass the mic and uh, introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, Jake McHenry, uh, co-founder of Float. Uh, excited to be here. Uh, we've had, as I just explained, a wonderful introduction. We've heard a lot about you guys. Uh, chatted a little bit before the, the podcast about a little bit of backgrounds, but looking forward to diving in. Beautiful. Okay. So for the clarity of the podcast, I know you guys said like, oh, we could spend like a whole hour talking about us, which I know we don't want to do. But if the, if there is like one question or thing that you guys want to know right away, just to help your guys' sit for your guys' sake, is there yeah. one thing that you guys need to know? Um, I kind of, well, we heard the story about why you started the podcast. Yeah. Um, I guess nothing, nothing dying in or nothing dying right now, but Good. I do want to say, on behalf of Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, thank you guys for doing what you're doing, and uh, being the catalyst to connecting a ton of people, um, yeah. and sharing you know lessons, um, and just gr- growing the Minnesota uh, community in general. Appreciate so, that. Thank you guys yeah. very much for what you're doing. Awesome. Wow. And it's and it's not easy work. Like you guys, like Tyler just mentioned, burning the candle at both ends. Um, so props to you guys. You're awesome. Appreciate that. We have a lot of fun doing it as well. And that's yeah. the best part. This is the, something that we love doing and we're not going away. Yeah. We're not going away. People <laughs> ask where we're going. 10 years. And we just say I we're mean, not you going made, away. You already made the commitment. Based so. on exactly. podcasting. Yeah. yeah. I guess we got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but enough about us, honestly, thank you for yeah. Yeah. the kind words, honestly. And you know, we've heard a lot about you guys with the Airbnb of boats. This is like when I hear that term as a guy who's not from minnesota i'm from colorado Mm -hmm. and andrew's from chicago like we hear about lake life we know about lake life when we've experienced it Mm -hmm. but we can't physically grasp it because we don't have the cabin we don't have the boat but you guys are kind of filling that need so i'd love to hear kind of how this all started and why it started yeah Um, i think it just kind of goes back to um that access i mean we can definitely relate on the boating side uh to your experience uh I can't remember if we've mentioned this on the actual podcast, but Ross and I have grown up together. Uh, We've known each other since first grade, have been lifelong friends. And our connection to the lake and some of the greatest memories that we had growing up was on our friend's boat. 
My family didn't own a boat uh, growing up. Ross's family didn't own a boat growing up. But we were very fortunate enough to have uh, a very, very good friend. Uh, still good friends today, good friends with their family. Uh, but they had a lake home out on Prior Lake. And that was our access to that Minnesota lake life, to that cabin culture, to, um, you know, frankly, some of the best memories that we've ever made yep. uh, throughout our summer. So um, knowing that we were fortunate enough to have that connection um, and have that friend and access uh, really is what really started uh, Float and where, you know, kind of our why, what why we're doing this. Cool. So when you're talking about, like, going on your friend's boat, and Andrew and I run into this all the time. How do you guys like sat like approach the the subject of like, hey, it's Saturday and it's ninety degrees. Like, I need to be at your cabin. Hey, Jimmy, uh, <laughs> what are you doing today? <laughs> ninety degrees out. <laughs> I was just so bad though, because yeah. like we're horrible at that. Yeah. Well, it sucks. It's like it, that's the worst. You're just praying you get invited. Yes. To onto someone's boat, right? Yes. So yeah, it's an awkward situation to be in. Like. And that's why, you know, when he wasn't available, so Jimmy, Jimmy Ryan, great human being, love him, one of our best friends, his family is great, we were fortunate if to have him, right? But when he wasn't available, it's kind of like, well, shit out of luck of going on the lakes um, today. Meanwhile, you see all the boats yeah. sitting there idle. Um, so that's kind of like what just uh, was in our heads from like, like being a young kid mm-hmm. um, that kind of wanted to act on it later but yeah. i think but yeah. sorry go ahead and one of the funniest situations i come across is when your friend group is just a little too big oh that's for the, that yep, yep. And especially when you're going on someone's parents boat mm-hmm. and they're just not that comfortable and they don't know who to ask because there's just too many of yep. them so it's like where do i start yep. i'm just not going to do it at all mm-hmm. and you just end up never getting the invite to that cabin the whole summer because he or she doesn't feel yep. comfortable and doesn't know how to navigate the, the waters of it welcoming people onto their boat exactly mm-hmm. and i think that's an added thing too of um you know maybe not everybody's experienced this but there is a little bit of sense of awkwardness so to speak mm. uh you know we've mentioned jimmy ryan and his family i know we know that we could have used their boat at any time they were they'd be more than willing to let us use it but there is that kind of like unspoken awkwardness of um i kind of want to compensate you for this or i would maybe want to invite uh friends x y and z that they may may or may not know um so there is that kind of um exchange of uh ooh, i am comfortable with uh me and you know our you know first uh, circle of friends but there might be uh you know people on that outer ring or there are people that you know may not usually have that open invite to be able to go on that boat as or well like tim got a new girlfriend like now she has to, you know <laughs> exactly and then she has three friends yeah. and then the next thing you know there's 15 and it's like oh yep. i might as well have zero yeah. capacity is eight so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh but either way yeah. I mean, we're all we're all yeah. touching on this dynamic that like I'm, I'm sure some people are listening are like damn i should invite more people onto my boat <laughs> and then other people are like i have serious war stories about inviting those people mm-hmm. on my boat oh, mm-hmm. regardless it's just like from putting ourselves in their shoes, like it's a tough position. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna fault them for not inviting me. Oh no, 100%. I'm a liability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a liability. You put me on water, I'm even more of a liability. I'm an insurance claim waiting to happen, and I totally get it. All right, I get it. But I just love what you guys are doing. Like this is something that is totally, you know, foreign and but so niche, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. we're talking about a specific type of person that is. In Minnesota, surrounded by eleven thousand lakes, mm-hmm. which now people, probably some people know, they call the land of ten thousand lakes. But there's 
more than that. There much, is. much more. There is much more. So we've I would been, like, and we've been to two. And we've been to two. <laughs> I've been to like two or three. Yeah. But I would like to start like where I know you guys grew up together, and you guys have talked about that a little bit. But where did the idea really come into play? Of like, all right, let's start this. Yeah. Um. So uh, we can kind of go back. Of uh, I think it'll be helpful to get some give some background on. Of course. Uh, Ross and, and, and my relationship. Yeah, no, this and, is bad uh, podcasting. Yeah. I jumped. No, it, I jumped it, like it, a couple <laughs> chapters in. But it was a great posing question, and we've got a great answer for you. There you hopefully, go. <laughs> hopefully, I won't. I won't say it's great. Oh, but yeah, it, it, it but better it's, be. But good. it's real and authentic. I swear to God. How's that? Real and authentic. There That's you perfect. go. Okay. Perfect. Good. Um. So Ross and I, you know, we've we've grew up playing sports together, competing together. You know, we knew how to change cultures you know influence people really kind of rally around a a a greater cause and and go achieve success so as we both um coming from two football guys you know you know what that's about yeah um so you know ross went to iowa state i went to uw madison so our paths uh diverged there but uh you know we continually stayed in in contact and um it was one of those things where it wasn't a matter of if we were going to start a business together and it was a matter of when um, all throughout our college careers and our uh, then to be young professional careers, Ross and I would always be in contact of, hey, do you have an idea yet? Or, oh, I've got this idea. Like, what do you, what do you think about this? Could this, um, you know, could this work? And, um, you know, that went on for years. So um, the, the you know, the partnership that, that we had, um, that was something that was all, always there. Um, moving on to kind of the idea of float. Um, uh, I had mentioned prior to the podcast, I'm in the part-time MBA program at the University of Minnesota. Um, I got ahead of myself there telling the story, but I was working full time at Target and wasn't really satisfied with my, uh, you know, the work that I was doing in my career path. So I decided to go back to school and really take that emphasis on entrepreneurship and startup. And that really kind of gave me the exposure to entrepreneurs and their stories and how to, you know, really kind of lower that barrier to how do I do my own? And that's uh, in during the program. That's really where the concept kind of came out of. Uh, I was in a class. It's not a sexy story, but there was something on the screen that we're talking about Airbnb or the sharing economy. And that's kind of when the light bulb went off of like, wow, why don't we just do this for boats? Um, so it was in that moment to where the concept kind of came out and um, really trying to develop that business plan, operational plan, um, but working full time, going to school part time and then trying to start a business with whatever you know remaining time had left. Uh, worked for a little bit, but getting to the point where, hey, in order to make this thing be successful, uh, you know, we got to go all in. So burnout. Burnout. There it is. There it is. Burnout. I feel that. Burnout. So, you know, naturally, you know, obviously, you know, Ross and I have been, you know, you know, constant communication for, you know, through all of this and in terms of, hey, we've kind of got something here. Right. And we need to be able to go all in. So, you know, without hesitation, obviously, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to quit my job, Ross. You want to do this, too? And, you know, in a blink of an eye, he's, you know, he was working professionally in Chicago and he was back and we were in my mom's basement sooner than than you can know. And you were working at Target for how long? Uh, I was working at Target for about four years prior to quitting. Okay, wow. so, so you were at Madison, and then you were in corporate life for four years. Correct. Was there an entrepreneur bug throughout those four years always. that you were always looking for something? Okay, and then always. you were just waiting to find that right thing. Yep, yeah, and, and, and the more so the decision to go from Madison to Target was um, there was some uh, kind of family reasons why I did want to come back to the, the, the Twin Cities. Um, and also, too, it was a really good foundation for me personally in terms of learning how to, um, you know, operate within a business setting, operating within a corporate setting. Um, so, you know, working at a big company like Target had a lot of, you know, pros in my personal and professional development. But I was never really satisfied with it, knowing that um, I've had the entrepreneurial bug my entire life. Um, but, you know, really never felt that the moment was right to go all in. Gotcha. 
So, Ross, you get the text from Jake. And I know, like, I kind of relate to this from the standpoint of, like, where you guys are, you know, in college. And, like, I, I'm i going to put it in, in my terms of, like, drunk texting your friend of, like, <laughs> good ideas. Like, oh, I have yeah. a buddy, Gabe, from back home. And we always had this idea of, like, starting a brewery. And, like, he would always text. Like, we were, like, serious yeah. about it, which is so dumb in this brewery industry. But we were always texting each other about like different ideas, different ideas. So I kind of relate to that in the standpoint, but you get the text from Jake yeah. saying, Hey, drop your drop ship. We're starting <laughs> float. So I'm, I'm going to rewind yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. And as we're like, you know, always talking about ideas. So I was, I was working in Chicago at the, uh, after graduation as a sales engineer and, uh, you're an engineer as well? Yeah. So, yeah, engineering degree from Iowa State. Mechanical or? Industrial. Industrial. Okay, cool. Intoxicate, like IE, intoxicate engineer. Yep, yep. Um, uh, but so I was working in Chicago, and I texted Jake. When, and this is funny because I texted Jake one, just one day, hey, you want to do a marathon? And he's just like, yep. Like, and we're, yes. we're not we're not runners. It's I don't know terrible. why I, I wanted to do this. Chicago Marathon made it just happened, and you just had a bug or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Chicago Marathon. Um, but anyway, he just said yes and like did it with me. Oh, but the worst decision of my life. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys like did it. You oh, yeah. All, oh yeah, every oh, single yeah. mile. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Congrats. Thank you. First off, that's fucking impressive. Thank like, you. That's sick. And like we're not runners at all. <laughs> Either um, way. But so that just shows you kind of like our relationship. Yeah, the but, accountability. Yeah. And we'd always been sharing ideas uh, back and forth. And when he came to visit uh, to do the marathon, we had this one idea we were riffing on um, called Pocket Pal. I'm not wearing my jeans today. Though. But th- this is a real problem, and someone should go solve this. But you know when you get a nice new pair of jeans and you have your phone in your front pocket for a while, you start to get that. Or back pocket. Or back pocket. Yes, sir. That's a guy who understands brand awareness, <laughs> brand play, um, respect. You know how you get like the outline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you do? You just ruined a nice pair of jeans, right? Yeah. Buy a new pair. Yeah, you got to buy a new pair. Mm-hmm. So we're like thinking about all these ways to figure it out. And we had this like, we cut out a plastic thing from like a five star notebook, the shape of a pocket to kind of guard, you know, guard your yeah. um, phone from. Not getting the outline of a phone. And wow. whose, whose idea was this? I don't even remember. But it was a pass. It was a pass. But it gained traction to the sense of, like, we want to do something together. Yeah. 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 It was like, all right. It was we just thought... one of the many, uh, you know, ideas that yeah. were trash. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> you thought through it to the point where, like, we can do something together. Yep. We can make something happen. This isn't it. This is something nope. that like someone else can do and maybe <laughs> fail, maybe succeed, but that's not going to be us. So you're sitting um, in Chicago. Yep. And so, so yeah, he, he, he calls me one day, like starts telling me about the, the concept. I'm like, uh, yeah, like makes total sense. You know, we went through that phase when we were growing up, like seeing all the boats idle. Like it's really frustrating not being able to get on, out on Minnesota's best assets, which are the lakes um, and really breaking into the boating community, uh, which is hard to do if you weren't born in the boating community yeah um so it made a lot of sense and uh at that point i was kind of like at a phase in my life where it was just made sense to make a change Mm. um it was three years in uh my corporate career learned a ton um but just knew like wasn't really for me um and decided to say yep 
I'll come move to Minnesota and live in your mom's basement with you. I love that. You know, like what's crazy in about that whole situation is like you said four years. Yep. And Ross, you said three years. I'm a year and a half into my quote unquote corporate career, and I I like it. It's a mm-hmm. it's very busy. Yes. But how fast does freaking three and four years go so by? Fast. Right. If you don't pay attention to like mm-hmm. what's going on, and your development within that time. Like that's why I love talking to people like yourself where I can, I can put myself in your guys' shoes right away. Mm-hmm. And like you guys have pursued something and have, have had success. And I'm like looking at myself of like, okay, I'm in, I, I have back pocket. I'm an engineer. I'm doing this stuff. And I'm only a year and a half in, like these guys were three or four years into their industry before they even left to go do what they want to do. So it's cool to like, at least sit here and understand it takes time. Mm-hmm. And you guys have like a lot of experience and vetted experience through it, which is awesome. So you 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 take that void or you sorry not take the void, you take that opportunity, and you live in the parent space. Is it a nice space? Like, do you guys have your own rooms or what's the what was the situation? <laughs> the good workspace. Great, great. Oh my, I mean, great space. We did not have our own rooms, so we oh. shared a room. Okay. For mm-hmm. about a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. Um, How was? Wait, hold on. It's like twenty four <laughs> year old dudes. You guys are shacking up yeah, together. Uh, yeah, we're twenty six. Split twenty seventh. Yeah. Split the closet in half. Okay. We put, yep. we put a twin bed at the foot of my bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, two beds, one room. You become one a closet wow. minimalist. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, and it just goes to show, like a big lesson I learned. I mean, I was in, in a nice fancy apartment in Chicago. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Making really good money, and it just, but that doesn't mean like you're happy, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're sharing a bedroom. I got my twin bed at the foot of his bed. So grateful for just his family being able to provide that for us while, mm-hmm. cause I mean, it helped a ton just saving on rent for a year. Yeah. When you're starting a business, it I bet. helps mm-hmm. a ton. So did you guys ever get like sick of each other? Surprisingly? No, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll I mean, speak for myself. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Ross is like, I, what I am so <laughs> sick. No. no, honestly, just grateful. Um, cool, man. That's, that's so cool. Cause like, um, was there, I mean, it seems like like it, at the time it seemed like this was like an obvious choice. Like, yes, I want to go live in this guy's parents' mm-hmm. basement and like pursue this. Like, I I would want to do kind of the same thing. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. it sounds like pretty enticing. Was that the same feeling, or was it like you have kind of cold feet going into it? All right, so I'm gonna get to the real, real stuff. All right, all right. <laughs> when he called me and says I'm gonna start this, I'm at first I was a little hesitant. To just kind of quit my life, basically, and move to Minnesota. Okay. Um, so I kind of said, you know, I'm going to help with, with a, in some capacity from Chicago, but I'll, as a salesperson, um, I had commissions coming up uh, later that year. So I was like, I'm just going to hold on, like, do whatever I can to help um, from Chicago and kind of, like, ride my commission payments out. And then January... 11th that was probably december 2017 january 11th 2018 my mom passed away suddenly and that night i made the decision i was like what am i doing with my life like i'm I'm just gonna go pursue this like with jake so really put and sorry to just get like real real quick but that honestly like that was the switch and there, uh, there was no it wasn't even a decision it was almost like this is what I had to do. It wasn't even a decision. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. That is so cool. 
and mad respect too. I mean, like you think back, I mean, you're, you're now thinking back into those situations where it's like, yep, that was it. Like it, sometimes it, it takes those yeah. sort of things to propel. And I don't know what words in your mouth, but better off for it. Um, I can't even explain how wonderful this last two years have been. Wow. Like it's been amazing. That's incredible, man. Yeah. The boys. The boys. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations right Thank away. You. I Thank mean, you. that is just, that's incredible. Thank you. I, I'll just kind of chime in here. And I, I think, yeah. I think a very important, like, kind of piece of this. And I actually was kind of thinking about it when you had said, like, three years goes like that. Um, I, I mean, from, from both of our perspectives, it's uh, our values, the way that we look at life, our outlook, what we, you know, deem important um, has really fundamentally changed in the last two years. Uh, mm. throughout, throughout this experience in terms of, um, you know, to, to like Ross's point is like life is so short, time goes by so quickly that there is no time to waste on things that aren't important. You know, you need to be able to think about your value set, what, what really is important in life. You know, find those things, find your why, find your, um, you know, the, the things that you want to dedicate your time to because you can't take anything for granted. So why would you waste time or spend any time doing something that, wouldn't make you optimally happy or something that is uh, a goal that's worth striving for you know why would you um, you know uh, both of us personally why would why would we waste any more time in these corporate careers that yes were nice and comfortable but they weren't fulfilling they weren't driving us when this would and not to say like you have to quit your job from your corporate career to be fulfilled like not mm-hmm. at all like you can be really happy and have I found your why in the role that you play in a at, at a job. So by all means, we're not saying like having a corporate career is like bad, like not at all. You guys did it for a long time, and we mm-hmm. learned a ton from it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I bet. I just it's cool because like you know that like certain things happen in your life to like expedite yep. the real <laughs> reality and like experiential part of mm-hmm. life where you're talking about like focus on what's most important find your why and it's like a lot of times people don't really have to dive into that because Mm-mm. nothing serious or there's nothing that really punches them in the face to like really open up about it right yeah. mm-hmm. it kind of blows my mind and and yeah it's sad but like i am so grateful for just the just for like her and just everything i, yeah. I mean i was just super lucky to have such a wonderful mom in my life for as as much as long as i did um and have just been be been a better person and become a better human being like since. I love that man. Um, and in January 2018, um, what are kind of the next steps that uh, continue this process? How are you able to you know start looking at this entrepreneur life as like a realistic opportunity, something that you want to move forward and you know be ready to fail and be ready to um, find the opportunities to continue to push to that next level. And, and feel free to tap into it in any direction, whether it's with your, your your mother passing away or within the business of Let's Flow. So I guess, you know, I, I ended up quitting February 4th, uh, 2018. Wait, real quick. What's it, what's it like actually quitting? Like the physical <laughs> process, like you're saying the week of, like you've made the decision. Like what's, what is that actually like? Uh, it's pretty simple. As a, <laughs> simple, okay. <laughs> I said to my manager, hey, can I you know, talk to you and like great organization loved working there. Yeah, no, I, you, um, you were in it for a long time. So you have these like friends, people that are a part of it. I just yeah, want to know it was, like best people 
I could have possibly worked with. Yeah. Um, learned a ton from him. But just had a meeting with my manager. I was like, hey, I'm leaving train. I And he's like, are you going to a competitor? Like, that was, like, the biggest thing. He's like, are you going to a competitor? I'm like, nope, I'm doing my own thing. Um, you know, how, how can I help? Uh, would love to help transition uh, anybody who's, like, taking my accounts. And it was basically just, like, no, like, as a salesperson – you, there's no two weeks it's like you just leave so i just turned oh, my wow. computer in and and that was it wow yeah <laughs> same, day. same day yeah. Dude. Yeah, very cutthroat yeah mm-hmm. that's wild i was like i can help like for the next couple of weeks if you want They're like no i like, think we just have to like you just have to leave it's like all right <laughs> all right sounds good but anyways you do that what were those kind of next steps uh well my lease ended up or at least ended in march so we just like started you know, divvying up, you know, tasks to do uh, each day. And I ended up moving back to Minnesota. Because you're still at Target at this point. No, uh, no I'm, I'm not. Okay. But I'm here in Minneapolis, though. Gotcha. Or St. Paul. Okay. Egan. Gotcha. Yeah, so we just started, you know, morning calls. Like, this is what we're going to do today. You do this, you do that. And there, there was no, like, it was just all from scratch. Like, we... Had nothing off of a whim. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. I think I think the reality is, and this is whether it's a harsh reality or good reality or, or, frankly, quite you know a funny reality. There's definitely days where we both woke up, whether we were together or not, and call each other or, or in a meeting and looked at each other and just were like, "All right, so uh, what do what we do?" Do we do? <laughs> you know, and it was it was one of those things where uh, you know thinking about you know, what were those next steps is um, do and then ask questions while we're doing. You know, always yeah, keep that train yeah. moving forward. And, you know, every day we came across things that we either didn't know, didn't know that we had to do, or did things that we thought that we were supposed to be doing. And they may or may not have been, you know, driving that train forward. But the reality is, is that we were driving that train forward, uh, whether we knew it or not. And we were learning all along the way. Yep. I love that. Everything else, you, everything's a process. Yeah, everything's a process. You don't have the answers to everything, but you have to make decisions, move forward, and then just constantly be iterating, reevaluating. Right. So yeah, and I know I'm a, I don't I don't pride myself on meteorology, but I know I know that like you can't ride boats in January, and I know you guys started <laughs> then. Yeah. So, no. come June, you know Memorial Day hits. Are you? What would? Hmm. Did you guys have like an account or anything to like really get you guys kicked off that first year, or what was like your first big account or experience in the market? Yeah, so uh, we did not come Memorial Day be have everything ready and up and operational. There was that thing- was the plan. That was the plan. Yeah, no, that was the goal. Plans, the goal right? Corporate goal to, for Memorial yeah. Day 2018. Yeah, that was yeah. a big day. <laughs> it was. Didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, starting in January, we knew that the, a couple of things that we needed to do in order to make a you know a boat rental platform or a peer to peer boat rental platform. And that is, uh, we need to be uh, we need boats first and foremost. Uh, we need to be able to take in payments. We need to be able to find people to rent boats. And a big thing, too, uh, with the peer-to-peer aspect of it was we need to be able to find some way to insure this program. Yes. Um, knowing yes. that uh, it's going to be pretty tough. When we have Declan's, uh renting boats, we need insurance. Yeah. yeah. He's like, we have, day, <laughs> have Declan's asking to come in and say, hey, man, I you know, don't know how to drive one. Love getting drunk on the on the lake. Was wondering if, if I can grab one of your boats. 
no, I could. Yeah. We'll dive. I need to know that. about this. Yes. I yeah. need. To, so you guys had to like. I mean, insurance was probably like what the first thing you oh, had to think a- of. Absolutely, and it used to be. Uh, it used to be uh, pretty much a showstopper. It was one of those things. <laughs> it was one of those things that was like, hey, even before we were quitting, it was like uh, we can't really like do this without it, and we probably shouldn't quit until we have this insurance program in place. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let Ross tell the story of, um, we ended up meeting with, um, what's his name? Logan LaHive. Logan LaHive. He was Shout a, out di- Logan. Shout out to Logan. He was a director of tech stars in Chicago. Oh dude. Do you guys know, uh, you probably don't know him. Brett Brol. Brett Brol. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, he's been on this podcast. No way. Sat right where you are. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. We actually oh. pitched him on the podcast. Yeah. We told him to invest what he in us. What'd he say? He, he wrote a check, right? Yeah, right. he, yeah, he, he's yeah, our, he's right our the spot. Yeah. and that's why we have all this equipment because no, <laughs> he, he owns us. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, yeah. it was really cool having like a guy like that on because like that guy's like, okay, mm. uh, well, yeah. what's your market, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is the podcast is the podcast industry a billion dollar company? And Andrew and I are like, yeah. <laughs> so did you guys sure did you guys is. pitch him while interviewing him on a podcast? Oh yeah, so yeah. It, it was it was, it was right that's awesome. And that I'm, is awesome. And I'm that asking awesome. him the questions of like what is the that value is awesome. we are bringing? And, and I'm pretty sure he sat there that. right there and, and he goes, "Are you guys pitching me?" And, <laughs> 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 and we go, and we go, yeah, we absolutely are pitching. Right <laughs> so, we're, so we were talking. Uh, do you guys know Busy Coffee? Yeah. Alex French. Yeah. So yeah, I had lunch with or. Uh, uh, beers in the other week and he was like yeah i was listening to you guys pitch uh fucking brett roll the podcast <laughs> i was like god that actually made that's some good. waves <laughs> like yeah. i like this mm-hmm. but uh that's sick so okay yeah. tech stars so we're talking logan to, yeah talking to logan live from tech stars just like it's just a general like we're two young stupid people that are trying to start a business talk to us and we're like, he's like, so what are your biggest like worries or what, what do you need to get done? Well, we got to get insurance and we're not going to really start anything else until we get insurance. And he's like, well, that's just a checkbox. Like that will happen, but you can't stop everything else you're doing to and wait for that or else nothing will get done. So that was like a big lesson that we learned. It was like, oh, dang. Yeah, you're right. Like that'll happen, but we have to work on multiple things in parallel. Um, you can't just wait on like the security of one thing happening to not start other things. So, right. Okay. Um, sweet. So you're like, hit this mind blowing information. Like, Hey, that's just a mere roadblock. What's next? Yep. Which yeah. is like 100%. looking back probably makes sense. Like, Absolutely. Thank oh, you for yeah. challenging yeah, yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So what, um, so what it, were those it things was a, you were thinking? It was a checkbox, but yeah. it was a very, very hard checkbox. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So, so what'd you guys do? So we're working on like development of the actual platform, how to get, you know, how to get that developed. We're not coders ourselves. Um, and meanwhile, talking with tons of insurance agents, like telling them the idea and them just being like, that's, we've never heard of that before. And we'll see if anyone will underwrite it, but we'll get back to you. Basically hundreds of underwriters later didn't, we're, we're striking out and, but we we're starting everything else just like, you know, Logan taught us and, um, when Finally. you say everything else, so you're saying like, like, like boats and yeah, acquiring yeah. boats, like development, okay. just kind of figuring out building out the platform, yeah, type thing. how this will work. So I, I just want to ask real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to like a boat owner, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, you're not using this boat on a Tuesday afternoon or a Tuesday night. Like, what are your thoughts on leasing it out? What were, what was like the general response when you go to these people with uh, these boat owners? 
Yeah. And I think, I mean, this has developed over the last, you know, call it 18 months of us continuously doing that and talking yeah, to boat owners. Absolutely. We've pretty, di- we've pretty dialed in and understanding that they're going to ask the same general three to four questions. Yeah. And it goes in a sequence uh, varying, but pretty much a, how much money can I make with my boat? How do I know who's driving my boat? What happens if somebody damages my boat? And then what's my level of time commitment that I need to be able to commit to this in order to rent it out? So for us, it was... Um, over a you know a, a period of time in interviewing you know hundreds of boat owners uh, in order to really understand what they care about and value, um, we were able to you know boil it down to the, the the four simple questions. So from now and you know moving forward, all that we do and try to do on the boat owner acquisition side is how do we get really good and really efficient at answering those four questions to a boat owner? And all that. the variables that go in between of like who's coming on and how you can answer that immediately and Correct. minimize their concerns yep. to make them feel comfortable. And then the but, time commitment yeah. so they don't feel like they have to spend hours on end just to make a penny mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah, And into it, uh, that was you know a very simple three to four questions, but it did take a lot of time and investment yep. into being able to arrive at that conclusion. I mean, right away off the bat, you know, we started with, oh, I assume or I think that boat owners are going to care about this. So we're going to go build that when that probably wasn't the right way to go about doing it and trying to take our own personal experiences to create assumptions when like, you know, we didn't really, we didn't, we didn't own boats. We didn't really know those pain points. We thought we knew, but going through and actually talking to boat owners to learn what they actually cared about um, actually took some time. Uh, And it was, you know, something that, uh, you know, that we're, you know, very proud that we've been able to accomplish to talk with all of those boat owners. Yeah. So, Jake mentioned something very crucial is like we thought we knew or you can you you have um, hypothesis of what, you know, problem you're solving, but you don't really know until you're in the market. You physically do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, those three to four questions took a year and a half to really boil down to and how to address those um, the right ways is two seasons of running the business, basically. No, I and like that is. I applaud that commitment Mm -hmm. over anything because that is, that is the experience and the tangible pitch. That is like, that is the golden nugget to basically make your business happen. Absolutely. And and I I would say that that's a lot of things that I think I see a lot of, you know, whether, what degree of experienced entrepreneur you are, you know, we are definitely at fault for doing this a lot at times, but um, a lot of, uh, you know, startup founders and entrepreneurs. And again, I'll preface that we've made a lot of these mistakes and are going to continue We've made every to, mistake you could possibly um, Oh, yeah. Do, yeah. So. No, this is a mistakes <laughs> podcast. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah, you guys yeah. know that? Yeah. And we all make, we all make every yeah. mistake. Yeah. Continue though, sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. But d- to the point of like, uh, you can get really caught up in the fun, sexy, like technology or startup community or um, you know, pitch competitions, whatnot, right. when... Uh, a lot of that, it, it's all, you know, great and important to the overall business. But at the end of the day, understanding your customer is by far and away the most important thing. And it can get overlooked to assume you know what your customer wants yep. or assume you know that your customer is going to interact with your product or service in a certain way versus actually getting out and going and knowing what your customer wants and values. And it's really tricky when you have an online platform and just assuming that that software and those things on that website or that app will answer all their concerns and you'll be fine. A-OK. 
and every single every single yeah. situation fits into those boxes. Mm-hmm. No, it never works it like never that. Never works that way. It's an ever evolving situation, mm-hmm. and you ran into them all, and it probably continue to run into new Absolutely. ones over mm-hmm. and over again. And building a blueprint to figure out, okay, navigate. They had these type of things. We haven't seen this before, but we'll work through it how we've done something similar in the past. Mm-hmm. So now that you've got you've gotten traction, and let's walk through a couple, maybe six, seven months in your past Memorial Day of 2018. When was the first day that you started seeing things clicking and you're like, this is this is why we've been doing it. And now I'm seeing like things that make me want to continue to do it. Yeah. So let's just let's talk about 2018, first of all. So we actually didn't have any technology built or anything for uh, 2018. Okay. So we had we we finally found uh, an insurance agent who worked his ass off to get us a, a policy that worked for us. Shout out to whoever that guy is. Peter DeRose. Let's go, Peter. Uh, Kraus Insurance. Kraus Anderson Insurance. Oh, for real? Yeah. This guy is... K.A.? K.A. Wow. Peter DeRose is just cool. amazing human. Okay. Uh, K.A. is a construction company, though. I'm confused how that works. They have an insurance. Uh, God damn it. Those guys are ahead of me. <laughs> wow. Um, Holy shit. So we get our policy like underwritten on July 3rd, uh, 2018, and... At this point, we have a landing page and a phone number and email. No platform, no anything. That's all you need, right? That's all you need. <laughs> I, I bought a truck and a boat, I think, on July 3rd as well. Because we had like, bro- we had committed to boat rentals for 4th of July. Okay. Okay. But we yep. didn't have yes, an insurance. Right. You One day. Right. <laughs> so. This is like such like, a, what is this? Um, uh, this is a fire festival. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like, yeah. all right, boys, yeah. we got to scrap to meet our deadline. We got our insurance. Let's roll. <laughs> Let's buy a boat. Yeah, that's awesome. I so, love that. Yeah, bought a truck. Very stressful time, by the yeah. way. Oh, yeah. I bought bet. A truck, boat, and we close or we uh, uh, close on our insurance policy, July third. Uh, broker our first boat rental on July fourth, two thousand eighteen. My boat. Um, uh, Apprentice Keller was the first uh, customer. Customer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's your own boat. Yep. So you how'd it go? Yeah. So you got. <laughs> oh, to, they had a great. Yeah. Uh, they, she is uh, had friends in from out of town, mm-hmm. um, showing them Lake Minnetonka. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. It's great. That's the that's the exact big big a big islander. Uh no, it was more of like a house. Okay. Showing like that's tour. Bold, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole other insurance claim. Um. So for the first year, we didn't have any like technology. Basically, is a is a. A landing page, phone number, email, and our, he also bought a boat. So we just our two boats and brokered rentals that way. And it was a great, like, it was, we're very thankful that that is what happened. Because you're in control of that boat. If anything gets damaged, that's yours. Mm-hmm. You're not dealing with someone else and their, yep. all their needs and necessities. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also, too, just going back to understanding your customer, yeah. we legitimately put ourselves in the shoes of our customer. I mean, we were two-sided market. You were the boat we owners. We have two-sided Exactly. Exactly. So we became- Which is the tougher side of the market. You know, boat owners to, you know, so that we could even personally understand and answer those questions for ourselves of how much money can I make? How do I know who's driving my boat? What happens if somebody damages oh, yeah. it? And then, and then more so, too, of like, what level of commitment does it take to actually, you know, rent this boat out? So- um, yeah, spending that first year and I guess call it half a year, you know, last couple months of summer to um, literally put ourselves in boat owner's shoes that would be renting out was uh, in- incredibly important for us to to learn from on that side of our marketplace. Gotcha. Yep. 
who was, was the first? Oh, sorry. I was going to ask, uh, were, did that come very savvy to you? Were you able to understand everything pretty quickly and you're like adapting and learning and then you're, you're envisioning 2019 right away, like this is how we can scale it through this re- repetition of mm-hmm. learning these situations. Okay. Yeah. And, and the, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll use that first rental as yeah. an example of, of ways that we, you know, just learned a little nuanced things. So um, we had set, you need a meeting location, right? So boats are either stored on a lake property, in a marina, or on a trailer. Our boats were on trailers. So we needed to set up a meeting location for um, the rental to take place. So we decided to make it at a public boat launch. And we said, hey, renters, meet at this public boat launch. We'll get you set up. We'll go through our pre-rental checklist and get you on the water. So us being you know, new to this uh, rental process, we got the boat launched and we, real- we didn't realize that there's not really many parking spots for cars without trailers. So our, so our renters arrived with two cars and no place to park. And we're thinking like, shit, what, like, what do we do? So, na- you know, naturally we valeted their cars. So we gave them the boat. We took their cars to Starbucks for a couple hours. And when they were ready to be done, we brought the cars right back. You know, not as really scalable solution, but had to, you know, kind of solve that problem right but away. But find a solution. But, but then, yeah. So for future rentals, we know, hey, you know, that's probably not a good spot to, uh, you know, program rentals out of because there's no place to park. Mm-hmm. So like these logistical things that we had no idea about. Yeah, Dude. just so many little things like that where like you just don't really think about until oh, it yeah. happens. No, and that and like that's the key that I just love about, you know, what like the, the opportunity that we have to talk to guys like you. Mm-hmm. is like you don't really learn until you do it. Just do it. Until you just do it. Like and, you guys and- you guys were the beta tests of your own company. Yep. You guys were the boat owners, you guys were the leasers, you guys were the renters, you guys were even on the other side of like, hey, you guys should rent these boats out. Mm-hmm. And then you learned everything through it. Who was like the first person that wasn't you two? And how did it go? Well, in 2019. So was it in 2018 or 2019? So 2018, we actually did have uh, one of our... Uh, uh, you, yeah, you can call, yeah. He was a mentor of ours um, that we had gotten connected with. He had a boat, awesome. um, so he was actually our very first in 2018. Uh, for just kind of purposes' sake, we we do say we kind of only had two boats, but we did do run one rental as a um, kind of as a test run for our peer to peer in 2018. Uh, his name is Jackson Cousins. He lived out on uh, Lake Minnetonka, and we were able to connect him with uh, a friend of ours who had you know a friend of a friend who was coming in town for uh, you know ironically another wedding. Uh, to be able to essentially just, again, in a very, you know, contained environment, do our first peer-to-peer rental. Uh, we, we were actually in person there, so it wasn't like we were away from the process. But we were able to, again, still with no technology, but with a um, still a more contained test of we know who the renters are. We know who the boat owner is. Um, let's go and, and, and put this peer-to-peer kind of uh, rental process out there and let's see how it goes and really observe and see what questions are asked by both parties and just kind of ob- observe what the interactions like and all of that knowledge um, goes into what you build as a mm. digital product versus yeah. not knowing any of those little nuances that we learned in 2018 build something and have it not be what the market wants right so you're getting like real response based on genuine interaction and experience mm-hmm. based on and within the confines of 
what you guys are like planning on selling and pitching to like everybody else trying to convince them this is like the biggest deal in the world. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. So you take that experience, you so, run with it with Jackson. Yep. What was like the next thing that you guys learned? Like what you, you learned all that. Where'd you go from there? Yeah. So I guess after like the season of 2018, we took everything we learned and started kind of building our first version of our platform, which is let's float.com. Awesome. So wait, so you guys are just to clarify, cause there's a little blurred lines on the back pocket corp end. Uh, so your company's float. Yeah, this is this is probably like a blessing and a curse. Okay. Company's float. It's called float. Float.com is obviously taken. Yes. And is not going to be For bought. sale. Purchased. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you went with? So we went with letsfloat.com. You know, we're thinking of alternatives. There's, you know, if there's an app, you could do like, tr- it could be like try float or like now there's all these versions. Mm-hmm. At the time we wanted to keep it a .com. Um, so one of our first developers was like, well, like, what about Let's Float? And we're like, eh, yeah, we could try it. And then we just ended up going with Let's Float. Like, it's inclusive, you know, like, Let's Float. Mm-hmm. Um, made our Instagram handle, Let's Stop Float. Yeah. And there's a little confusion, I think, from a lot of people, which is understood that we are Let's Float, but it's just Float. Do you think that Let's Float is a little more inclusive in general? Like because of what you're actually selling, the Airbnb, Airbnb of buying boats. Like these boat owners are letting you rent out their boat mm-hmm. in the in the sense of like the verb of let's float, right? And it might not be together, but more or less that's what it is. Do you guys think that could be a rebranding play? If, <laughs> I don't. I'm just uh, asking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if I'm if I'm following you correctly, you just again the, just the play on float, and that was kind of the intention of it because you know our boat owners are you know floating out their boat, renting you know synonym for you know lending or yeah. you know sharing their you know, and our renters are legitimately floating. Yeah. On, <laughs> well, on, what on. I what I see is like float is more of like a broad term, and like when people see that, obviously boats, whatever, but let's float is an action mm-hmm. yeah. right let's yeah. float is an action which is a drive to what your sale is which is you should run a boat from this person who has the ability to let you float right so i don't know you guys could <laughs> like the rebranding might, yeah. might work and and i don't know if we're going walking you through the back pocket workshop i don't know <laughs> that's, that's what it is yeah. uh, but i mean basically what you're bringing up is these damn URLs are so hard yeah. that <laughs> so you, true. you need to figure out something clever enough to work around it and be creative enough to work into an app that is similar to Uber and mm-hmm. and uh, Lyft and all the yep. and all the one word hitters that you think are the necessity. So when you you add another word, it gets oh, am I doing this the way that everyone else is doing it? Is mm-hmm. this right? Now you're questioning things, and it's there's a little separation, and it's super difficult. But yeah. you're in the constraints of yep. everything else, yeah. especially the URL owners who can <laughs> roll. Probably float.com is probably four hundred thousand dollars. Like I don't know the number behind <laughs> it, but our URL was for backpocket.com was two thousand dollars. Like you're thirty yeah. thirty three hundred actually. Thirty three hundred. Insane. Yeah. No, so ridiculous. No way we're paying that. I think what was less float twenty three hundred. Was it really something like that? Oh, I thought it was like fifteen hundred, but we have 
gained equity, I guess, in the, the, the let's float.com. <laughs> yeah, so you can make so, the transition. Yeah, so we there can sell go. let's float.com for a profit right now. All right, right. There we, you go. We personally went with from backpockets.com <laughs> to your backpockets.com. Mm. Awful. <laughs> we had no clicks. Yeah. No clicks the first year. It, it's funny because we had we literally had Ty Webb's podcast, How They're Here, which is like a very similar premise to our podcast about like interviewing entrepreneurs about how they got to where they were. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler. Okay, he's he's acknowledging that. Um he beat us out on SEO. Like we <laughs> like we had been running this podcast for much longer and like Ty's podcast jumped ahead of us because he was just like much more niche about it. Uh, we were dumb. Yeah, your so back pocket doesn't work. Yeah, your back pocket doesn't work. So we, you know, we rebranded we, the back pocket podcast dot com, and and still to this day, it's like on that po- on that website, it's like I really don't know what you're getting other than the fact that like our stories on there, you know. Mm-hmm. But hey, guess what? You learned. Yes, we learned, and that's the most important part is yes. just deciding and learning. Yes, absolutely. From you know absolutely. what what happens, and that brings me to my favorite question the aspect of learning mm-hmm. and the aspect of failing and trying to figure out and move forward. It's the average quality. I mean, Declan and I are two wildly average guys that love having conversations with people that get connected through an email chain. And then you get to come in here and we share a glass of wine and talk about your story. I mean, this is, a, this is an awesome story and I'm glad you guys are spending your Monday night sharing it with us. So thank you so much. Thank you. And to follow that up, it's the average quality aspect. It's something that you do well at times and other times not so well at the end of the day. It's your average quality. It could be something you carry around and you're like, I want to get better at this. I'm not necessarily the greatest, but I want to get better at it every day. And we have many different variations of explaining it, but we love talking about average qualities because no one breaks it down really. Mm-hmm. And we love talking about it. <laughs> yeah. But so, we're, if, if, we're, if there's going to be one person or one group of people to break it down, like we should take ownership of that. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. we, should, we should, we should be the guys to be like explaining what an average quality is, which yeah. you did well. Thank you. Andrew crushed it. And I was like, Oh God, I hope he, he does. I well. hope he, I hope these guys get it. I hope our, our new listeners, cause you bring in new listeners. You guys and, bring in the float boys and the yep. float girls mm-hmm. and the float people. And we just like want to make sure that they're a part of it, you yes. know? And, uh, but yeah, anyways. So the average quality, Jake, we'll start with you. Yeah. What is your average quality? Yeah. So I, so I, I thought a lot about this question and I was thinking, uh, there's a, there's a couple of them. So maybe I'll, I'll answer in two of these. The first one I would say that I'm average at, but I think I would love to get better at is reading. Uh, it's a very basic skill, very basic quality, but it's something that I understand that, uh, I am not, uh, call it great at it just takes me a long time to read and that's okay so i find ways to um you know i'll you know find ways around that if you were to ask me jake what was the last book you read i'd probably say holes y- you know it, it's it's one of those things where like you i kidding I, me? I, I i'm actually probably not kidding you wow. that that um, how long ago is that when you read holes? Uh, a long time ago i mean not not ac- not actually but uh the the sense that like i don't actually like read for pleasure uh, I, I don't sit down and, and read a book. However, there's this great thing called audiobooks. That, audible? That audible, exactly. Hey. To where I understand that, like, hey, this is a skill that's really important. I do really enjoy learning. I really enjoy, um, you know, hearing stories. Um, and something that, you know, I'm you know, fairly academic and, and, you know, got good grades and had to read a lot for school and for, um, you know, for business purposes. But um, the average quality of, you know, reading to learn or reading for pleasure or reading when I don't have to um, is something that, you know, I think I'm can be good at sometimes, but would like to improve in, in other areas, but have found ways to 
you know, kind of get that fulfillment or get that learning still in alternative ways that I can recognize is best suited for me. I love that you bring that up because there's so many times that when Declan and I start reading a book that we talk about that on our show. Yeah. I mean, whenever we start picking up a book, the, the, whenever there's a moment in lapsing yeah. conversation or something that needs to carry a conversation, Declan or I will bring up a book that we're reading because it's, it's so impactful when mm-hmm. you actually put your time and effort into reading. Absolutely. And we look at it so like, just ah, forget about yeah. it. It'll like, I'll read eventually something like yeah. that. So, I mean, it, it, you're absolutely right. It's a great average quality to have because you're mm-hmm. intentional about being a little bit better at it through yeah. an audio book mm-hmm. or actually maybe spending 10 minutes to read. And, uh, and then there's times where it's just like, fuck it. I can't do that right now. I want to do something <laughs> Exactly. Else. Yeah. yeah. You guys, uh, see that or maybe heard of the Bill Gates documentary on Netflix right now? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard of it. I watched one episode, I think. So his secretary, like her, one of the things that she does is like get all of his books together for him in his bag to like. For the week. For the week. Right. Oh, he has like awesome. Tw- ten books in a, in a bag like ten, for a week. Ten books for a week. This is Bill Gates. He's reading ten books at the same time. Like this dude is invested in books. I found out mm-hmm. about this today. I was just like shocked. Like yeah. the guy is reading an insane amount of material every single day and, it, and he's Bill Gates. But it's so it's so valuable. It's so valuable. And I and like you know. I think I think reading more than ever for when I've now I'm past the requirements of reading Yep. outside of college. And one of the things I've done is read the entire Harry Potter series. Nice. And like the, the real value outside of the story and how great it is, because mm-hmm. it is great. You know, this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but we will stand behind the Harry we, Potter podcast. We love <laughs> Harry. We will stand. Yeah, we love Harry. And Ron. And Ron. And, and Hermione. Hermione. Snape. <laughs> we love Snape. And, but you get it. And the ability to like sit down after a long night day at work and you're an engineer, Ross, you get it. Like it's, it's fucking tough. And you you're you're so vested in what's right in front of you yeah. all the time. All the time. The ability to read something that is so external from reality, you know, fiction, that you can just like fully vest your attention into mm-hmm. is actually like such a stress relief reliever and like kind of gives you a sense where you can just reflect on your own life within reality. So reading seven books of Harry Potter, dedicating two, two years of my life to that mm-hmm. was a very beneficial experience because I was able to get in the rhythm of reading every night and finding value and satisfaction in it. And then I just took that and simply turned it into like, okay, what books do I actually want to read? Yeah. Right. So I like right now I'm reading shoe dog, which is like the story of Nike and Phil Knight and mm-hmm. like his come up. And I would highly recommend that to you guys and yeah. any entrepreneur going through exactly what they're going through because like it's it is like Andrew's already read it and it's just like one of those classic and it's probably not classic classic does it injustice but the idea of like you're failing you're failing oh my god what's going on you like problem solution problem solution mm-hmm. and he's like going to the extremes to figure out how to build Nike. 140 pages in is the first time he uses the word Nike. That's incorrect. It's like 76. He uses it out of context. (laughs) Oh, I circle. I thought I circled it correctly. It's not using Nike later on. I've been pitching that. 
I know it's it's fucked. We're using. Thank you for correcting me, though. I know. <laughs> I could have been wrong be, forever. Look, hey, this is a podcast of transparency, and I'm going to call you out. Well, maybe like, he doesn't. All right, so it's like 74. It's like page he, 74. I, I like honestly remember it because I was like, Andrew's telling about it. He's like, oh, my God. He's t- saying how he didn't even say Nike till this time. But that's not true, dude. He used it before it's, it's that. Such a good, so. Yeah. It's, so, it's such a good lesson, though, because a lot of people think things like overnight successes, like things are like Airbnb, like overnight success, like. It takes years and years and years oh, of yeah. just doing and learning and failing before, like, actually. And I haven't read the book, but <laughs> I, I assume, I assume, <laughs> it was thir- yeah. Nike that the, the word takes does, the time. The, the, the word doesn't come in until 140 pages in. Yeah, allegedly for a reason. <laughs> no, but for, for a, a reason. reason, like all the things that Phil Knight did prior to that. Oh yeah, led to that. No, yes. read the read the book and it it just like one million percent enforces what you're saying. And yes. I think like we could talk for we could talk about books forever for days. And, <laughs> and, and like in the the books is not really the part. And what I just love 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 is like the ability to like document these conversations because yeah. what people say a lot of the times is like podcasting is like this new alternative way of like conversational journalism. Like we're mm-hmm. writing our own books. Like this podcast will we'll release on. Monday, October 14th will be forever, whether you guys like it or not. I mean, (laughs) take it down, whatever. It's not a big deal. But like you'll be able to show your kids this podcast one day. We'll be able to show our kids this podcast one day. Maybe the back pockets this big thing. Maybe let's floats this one big thing. Hopefully, is it brand. float or let's float? I think it's let's float. To be honest. <laughs> and that's just me. That's just me being blunt about it. Whatever. And we can we can clip this out and send it out. And like and, the and nostalgia and research. And in and 15 I- years, let's float is. But but my, my point is, like, yeah. we're sitting here documenting this journey, and yeah. we're on this path, right? We're not, like, we're not there by any means. We're not – we have not arrived. I, I would love to know how your guys' 2019 went, right? Like, that's a big deal yep. for your guys' business as well as ours. But, like, we're just living, dude. Like, this is the present the moment. moment. Like, we're sitting here yeah. drinking wine, talking about our lives right now. And, like, this, while it doesn't mean a big deal right now – 10 years from now with our hard work and effort and our commitment to what we love to do could be something huge. This is what it's all about is the journey. Like we have, we might have goals. We might have like things that we want to get to, but it's all about the journey. Like if you're not enjoying the journey, then like what you doing, what are you doing? Yeah. And it's so hard to, because there's, there's a lot of um, people putting pressure on results and showing what's flashy. So that's an incredible average quality. Yeah, thank let, you. let us unpack that. Is, yeah, that was awesome. That, that was awesome, guys. Yeah. You crushed, man. <laughs> Great topic to talk yeah. about. You mentioned you might have had another one, so I don't want to cut you off. Yeah. If you want to yeah, unpack I, that one I as think, well. I think uh, this one's actually kind of on the, the on, real quick. Okay. on the other spectrum. Um, just over, overall thinking of, of average qualities, I think this is m- more so of one thing that I find myself like liking sometimes, not liking others, um, but I would say in the in the sense of startups and entrepreneurship and business is um, big like uh, I don't want to call them a force, but like just big networking events. Being out to be able to like go out and into like a big crowd of people that you don't know and actively networking. Um, I think the the parts that I like about it are the relationship building. The things that I don't like about it are sometimes I feel certain things within those environments are not authentic that are kind of like putting on a front or a face that you may want 
others to think that this is how you are or how things are at in that particular setting uh, in a large group like that to where um, I, I do find it valuable and I find it necessary within the, the kind of the operations and entrepreneurship startup that we uh, are in. But there's certain aspects of it. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to this event. Like, oh, I got to go talk with all these people that I either do or do not know. And going to have these very high level conversations that might not mean a whole lot to where it I more value that kind of like a setting like this or like a one on one uh, kind of really get to know, like let down your guard, really show your true authentic self, where sometimes I feel like some of those events are, you know, kind of put on a mask and Absolutely. go out and, and and talk your thing. So average quality in the sense of I sometimes like doing it. I sometimes really don't like doing it. I, I find value in it, but really try to strive to find that deeper value in what in what that event is doing. And it's very difficult to being an entrepreneur when you're supposed to have this you're supposed to prove to others exactly right? you're supposed yep. to show others that like this <laughs> yep. i'm killing it yep. even though i'm struggling with yep. all this other things at re in the reality i'm i'm killing it so you want to show them all that stuff yep and when you actually and if you don't stay true to um showing your true face yeah when you actually hit those marks versus faking it mm -hmm. it just means completely different things yep so if you're open and honest and mm -hmm. showing that you, you might be struggling through all these things and, and you're working your way through it, and then when you actually do hit it and then you tell everyone, mm -hmm. that is so much more rewarding than yep. versus doing it much earlier in the process, showing everyone that you're hitting it. And then yep. you, you do hit it because you're yep. working towards it. Yeah. There's no value. You don't have as much gratification towards it because you faked it. Mm -hmm. And that's how Declan and I feel the same way. It's like we are going to show you that we have this many yep. downloads and this many mm -hmm. everything because – that's who we are, and that's yeah. what we're Or that we're and, burning out, and, and we're just, like, super tired. <laughs> and like, oh, I'd be like, okay, now and, I really understand. <laughs> and I think, ultimately, it helps more people when you, when people know the real, honest truth, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, our 2018, it was nothing that we expected it to be, but we it, it was so necessary to go through that process to what led to 2019, what is going to lead to more. But I think the honest truth, like being honest and having and vulnerable and people seeing that helps more people. I yes, would. 100%. And sharing these stories right now, yeah. I, I'm hoping there's someone out there, an entrepreneur that's like, all right, these guys both in both parties are finding success, finding failures and plugging along. They've mm -hmm. had a year of learning and failing and then had a year of finding a little bit of grasping and potential and then you know they're, they're slowly moving forward so another awesome average quality that we can unpack for another <laughs> and 30 yeah, i'm just a super average to. guy so <laughs> <laughs> that's um, what it turns out like that's like the, the every, catch 22 yeah. everyone's average everyone's average everyone's catch average, 22 yeah. that's yes. the catch 22 did we i was in the bathroom but did, did, did ross no we have it. not so ross what would your average average so be? i thought about this like i hate this question but it's, don't say that. But that means it's really good because <laughs> okay. it's tough. Yep. Okay, that's good. Yeah, you can um, say that. You just have above average qualities, Ross. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> hey, guys, my name's Ross. I'm an above <laughs> average guy. You know, I don't have any problems with you. And, um, kind of crush it. <laughs> I was, I was going to answer this by saying that uh, everything I do is pretty much average. Mm -hmm. But that's a bad answer to this question because – my thought process behind it was like, well, I'm not really like good at, like really good at one thing. I'm like average 
average with a lot of things mm. and I, I like work on something and then get to a point where like i understand it and know it but then like don't like become the last or like a master of it um but that's not my answer my average quality is being creative Ooh. so as an as an engineer um you know i went to iowa state it's pretty much like an engineering school yeah. so you're surrounded by a lot of engineers and um, you'd meet someone who's like a marketing major from a in the business school, and you'd be like, "Oh, college must be so easy for your marketing major." Not until I started the business and probably like had to take over the marketing side, like creative side, graphic design side, that I really understood. Wow, this is hard, and it's uh, a talent that I personally do not have that I'm very average at now, but. It was just like one of those things that I, uh, I totally respect creative people and marketing and graphic design and just something that I didn't even really like. I thought like down on almost, which you think over to yeah, be honest. Yeah. As an engineer, like you look at a TV or you look at a couch, you look at a bottle, and you see the design behind of like how it operates, why it operates, and then. It goes to market and it makes money. Yep. But like you look over the it goes to market and it makes money. Right? Yeah. So a lot of what engineers do is like making sure like the house doesn't set on fire when they go and toast their bread. Or like those kind of like in quote unquote insurance things. Like you just need to make sure it works. It's the marketing department's decision to or goal is to like sell the best qualities above average qualities in this sense to the people who would quote unquote feel that need now i'm in the same position as you like i there were tons of times where we would be tasked with like you would get customer requirements you get engineering requirements and then it's like all right build the product right and like you would have to physically build the product based on those needs now you aren't you have to it's ne- it was never like selling the needs and that's like what we're getting into now with like social media and like creating the graphics creating the video creating the posts creating the 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 campaign to like there's so much there's so much to it that like mm-hmm. i i take a lot of enjoyment in now like i'm same i'm starting to like yeah. very like i'm picking up on i'm like dude this is fun i'm starting 100%. to figure out like okay this works this doesn't work this works this doesn't work like this takes this much time. This takes this much time. Like I'm trying to find the things that do the best that take the least amount of time so that we can grow this thing. And yeah. It's, it's, it's it, like, I, I, I think you're so, on the same page. So like coming from like, n- n- I, I like, I find creativity in like a lot of different things, but mm-hmm. just, uh, having to do like graphic design, the, um, just think about the creative process and I have a total, totally different um, perspective on it now yeah. that ha- having to do it myself and learning. Um, right I hundred percent respect all the marketers out there, all the graphic designers, all the creative people. Cause it's so hard. Marketing is something that, I mean, I was a management major, so I'm thinking of like high level efficiency and stuff. And that was some, still something that's like scapegoated what I need to lock into. So that is an average quality that 
is rooted in, you know, potential success, potential, but you need to fail to only succeed in it because that's the only way to learn how to market properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so awesome answers and lots to unpack there. So <laughs> thank you for that. Our next favorite question to ask, a uh, core question of ours is what's in your back pocket? And I want to ask this in a, like a let's float um, perspective. What is in a situation when pressure turns into stress and anxiety is rising that lets float, float embodies to overcome situations to make sure the customers appreciate the right experience and everything in between? I have my answer, but I want to hear what you, so you have to say. I'm going to start <laughs> with just, I'm going to kind of defer to the let's float and just do life in general. If that's okay. Yeah, that's awesome. We, I, I can redo it with uh, a flow, we're all about life flow perspective. Yeah. So we're all, about, we're all about life. So I love this question, by the way. Um, and I think my answer would be I can always rely on gratitude um, and, like, self-awareness. So when – this is a perfect example. So yesterday I did the Twin Cities Marathon, and I didn't train as much as I should have for it. And, like, at mile – I don't know, mile like 18 is like kind of like where I like started hitting a wall, mm. but you still got eight more miles. Yeah. To go. <laughs> still 8, 8.2 miles yeah. to go. And Two-thirds in. like my strategy was to smile and just be like grateful to be where I am. Cause it was a beautiful day in Minnesota yesterday. And like, so I was just smiling, even though I was like in serious pain, I was just smiling <laughs> and like, it got me like to, to the, to the, finish line like and i had a great time doing it wow um a smile got you 8.2 miles 100 percent, dude that's fucking incredible but it's it's that's life though too like everyone's stressed everyone's you know has bad experiences but you can choose to be grateful for what you have or look at all the things you don't have or compare or you know all that stuff and that's just something that has been has has really helped me personally just kind of figure out who I am is just being grateful for what I have like we're we're able to have this conversation drink wine and just learn about life together and just I'm so grateful for that appreciate that Dude, that's awesome and another kind of fun example yesterday I was sitting watching the Steelers game I went to Pittsburgh I'm with sorry. my dad they lost are you a Ravens fan no I just know that you they know lost, they lost. Okay. <laughs> And my dad, huge fantasy football guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you go to a sports game and you expect your team to win. I mean, that's what you want. And that's like where the enjoyment comes from. And I, I flew to Chicago, met my dad in Chicago because that's where he, that's where I'm from. And then we flew to Pittsburgh together on Sunday morning and saw them play at one o'clock. They went to overtime. We had a third string quarterback in there. And I mean, Regardless of like the detailed explanation, there were so many ups and downs of that game where my dad and I were embracing in hugs, thinking awesome. like the the coolest thing in the world to the points where we're sitting in there with our terrible towels, yellow towels in our mouths, looking at each other like, all right, we need this to happen for this to happen so we can make this happen. And we're like super locked in and invested in the very moment. And then goes overtime, we lose. We're super depressed for the next three hours. We go to dinner and we talk about random shit, move through it. And then we fly back to Chicago, and I have another flight to Minneapolis. And we're sitting in – I have like 15 minutes before my next flight to Chicago – or back to Minneapolis. My dad and I were just sitting there, and we just talked about – we just talked about that very moment of us at the Steelers game and saying, holy shit, 
do you realize how much love and how much focus and how much everything that just was invested in that very moment for this damn Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> that brought us together? And it speaks volumes to what you just brought. I mean, you put on a smile. Who cares if they lost? I mean, who cares that everything that was involved in it that might have been negative? You, you ran another eight miles that you were exhausted. You put a smile on. You fought through it. How? And, and being grateful for the surroundings, like the beautiful day. And like, there's so many things yes. like I'm able to run, first of all, you know, there's just so many things like we can be grateful for that most people fail to acknowledge every day Amen. and focus on like the negative things that think there are going wrong in their life or like are, you know, so perfect answer and that fired me up because i mean steelers awesome. are one and four but I, you i could hate that i could hate that you could hate that but yeah. you had a great time seeing your like they brought you and your father together yes which spend as much time mm-hmm. with and i get to, i see him three or four him. times a year and that was yeah. one it was a full sunday i was able to experience with him and coming from someone who lost their mother and i'm sitting here across from you able to share that experience i mean very grateful phenomenal answer so thankful that we're able to do this right now. But being grateful for the time I did have with her, because a lot of people don't have mothers even. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, that's, that's, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's a perspective change. Yeah, 100% yeah. perspective In a sense, change. but, like, I, God, I'm in a Nirvana moment. Like, hearing, because <laughs> like, Andrew hasn't told me about his, his Steelers experience, and I know what happened, and I know they had a great time, and, like, that was great to hear. In the same sense of, like, you're challenging yourself physically to the point where your body does not normally run 26.2 miles every day. Like how many miles did you run before you actually ran the longest? The, I marathon? Ran, the longest I ran was a half. So a half. The, the first, so marathon, you ran double. <laughs> yeah. The first marathon we did, I actually trained for a lot okay. and like I ran on like 18. Like it was a great experience. I trained a lot. Yeah. This one, I just, like, didn't have the time or – I don't know. That's an excuse. But I just didn't train enough for it long yeah. as I ran with a half. But took a lot of, like, calculations into play and thought I could do it at a decent time. Um, but it's the attitude and mentality going into it that, like, I know my body can endure yeah. the last the, – the 12 miles I never practiced for. Um, or 13.1. But – uh, it's the mentality that you like that means everything. Yeah. Like your body can endure a lot. It's making your mind up to yes. being able to do it. And that it's, transfers to yeah. business and transfers to personal life and everything. Life. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome answer for what's in your back pocket. That's something. Gratitude. 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 Amen to that. Love that. Jake, what's in your back pocket? Yeah. Uh, if I could ask, just repeat the question. I got, uh, caught up in, in ross is awesome yeah. no, we, we were all caught up. No, it, was, yeah. it was it was God, awesome what a story. I, I really enjoyed listening to that so when pressure becomes stress and yep. anxiety is rising you hold something in your back pocket to overcome these situations whether it's a habit or an emotion or something physically yeah. you hold in your back pocket we've had some guests bring in a picture of their family that they yeah. hold in their wallet in their back pocket so what would that be that you hold in your back pocket to overcome these experiences yeah. um definitely uh my ability to surround uh, myself and our stuff with amazing people. Um, and that can come in a lot of different forms. So a lot of stuff that uh, resonates with a lot with what Ross said of um, if you're in a, you know, if you're in a bind in a business sense, if we're in a bind or if we're afloat and we don't know how to do something uh, and extremely proud of our ability 
um, to be able to go surround ourselves with much smarter people that do know how to handle that situation or give guidance on how we could potentially best handle that situation. Um, I am insanely grateful for um, surrounding myself with uh, an amazing uh, group of family and friends. Uh, you know, we talk about living at home with uh, with my mom. Uh, a, that was a great opportunity just from a financial sense and helping us get off, um, you know, off the ground. But even more so of uh, that I am fortunate and I would even argue I'm privileged to have like the family members and the support and the friends that I have that I know no matter what happens with this business, no matter what happens with life, my lowest of lows is pretty dang high because I know that I have that support group and that, that, you know, my mom and my sister and my brother all at home, uh, my brother out in New York, that uh, my dad out in Hawaii, that I've got that to fall back on, that I am incredibly grateful to have, you know, that in, in, uh, in a family in a support sense. Um, I like to think that I have an incredible group of um, business mentors and coaches uh, from a business perspective um, and just overall the ability to, um, you know, develop those deep relationships with those people um, are is a, an ability that I like to think that I have in my back pocket uh, that I can pull out in any situation, the highest of high, lowest of low, that ability, even though I say I don't necessarily like these mass networking events and meeting other people, I think that kind of goes on the flip side of that, of being able to go in depth with the relationship with other people. That's awesome. Think about what you just said, dude. Like, what's in your back pocket are the people and the experiences and the things that you have that you've endured and experienced with for more or less the the entirety of your life. Yep. And I think that's, that is like one thing I'm just kind of realizing now, but maybe I hope more people understand is like your life, your experiences and the things you go through are the things that you have in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. And I, and I think again, going back to Ross's point, being grateful for them and yes, and being aware of them and not aware and not taking them for granted. I use the word, privilege uh, when I stated my answer because I do think that I am privileged to a sense that I had a lot of opportunities growing up with that family from a uh, whether it be in athletics whether it be in um, you know having my family all around you know all the time my parents had their own business we me and my two brothers grew up at my parents work I was I was exposed to certain things in life that I know I do know that a lot of other people may not have been exposed to Um, I'm not going to be you know, sorry that I had those experiences, but I'm aware that they, that I have had those and don't take them for granted and be able to um, recognize that I've had those in my life to be able to a um, make the most of them and not throw them away or not take them for granted. Um, But then two, have that ability to try to provide that in some, any capacity to anybody else that may or may not have had those. So to be able to conduct my actions, conduct myself as a person um, being aware of those certain things that I've been given and I've been fortunate to have in my back pocket to be able to, you know, provide that to others as well. Right. And th- and that's the whole thing, right? Like you're, you're going through, th- through these experiences, you're taking the risk, you guys are yeah. following exactly what you love. And ultimately the things that you're grabbing, the things that you're like experiencing, you're like, holy shit. Like the, the reason that I'm able to really put this whole business on is like, it starts with you two guys yeah. being the, the boat owners. Yep. It starts with the the support of your own family, 
mm-hmm. and the things I go through, all of that. And like, it's, it's very fun and great for Andrew and I to see those kind of things happen because that's life. It's life. That's freaking life. And, you know, we've talked a lot. We've talked about all these different things, these ups, ups and downs, these times where it's like tough. Like you guys are sitting in 2018 trying to hit Memorial Day, <laughs> your hit Memorial Day deadline. And like you guys laugh and we laugh because like <laughs> we're in those same situations. Yeah. Like it's a, yeah. it's a challenge, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah, sorry. I was going to, I didn't want to interrupt. No, you can interrupt. I was gonna say, you probably had like download goals or, you know, I mean, oh, hopefully dude. you will. Oh, surpassed dude. them wildly. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, so we had uh, just a quick insight for you guys. I think you guys would love hearing the stories. Like in uh, summer, we were, back pocket was hot, dude. We were we were like buy buy buy. Like as a lot of people were like, wow, these guys are yeah, green rising. Yeah. yeah, Jack Green was on. And we were we the downloads were rising. Back pocket got confident. So we Andrew and I sat down and we're all right. Let's let's set some goals, bro. Let's set some goals. And so we're like, all right, you know, like, let's take this podcast full time by January. Let's get two paying clients by this date. Let's get this and that by that date. You know, let's go speak to this. Let's go do this and that. We had like five or six, five or six goals from August all the way down to December of 2019. I can confidently say Back Pocket Corp has not hit a fucking single one of them. We're 0 for 4. You got a couple months left. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> and you know we're what? There. And you know what? That's okay. Exactly. Because I'm exactly. Sh- you learned a ton. And again, I, I want to just congratulate you guys on what you're doing. Like, this is a huge impact yeah. for Minnesota, for the Twin Cities ecosystem. And keep doing it, okay? No, I appreciate and, that. Yeah. Hey. And like, we're, we're behind that wholeheartedly. But yep. it was just like, it was one of those like awakening moments yeah. where like Andrew and I had like, we never set goals, dude. Like we were. We set just... some. We set some goals, but not like to the magnitude <laughs> not of like to this. Like, hey, <laughs> not we're, even close. We sat there and we're like, we're gonna hit them. Like that's what. Yes. That's, that was our mindset. That was the like, expectation. Like we put those goals up. They were like a challenge, but at the same time, like we're still gonna hit these goals mm-hmm. yeah. because we're we're good. We're, we're this being, is us. This is us. And we're crushing it. And like happen. I mean, and it didn't happen, it didn't right? Happen. And like, and it, that's okay because it's okay. We're sitting here three months, maybe four months after setting those goals. And we realized what those goals did to us to figure out like what we needed to push forward. I mean, we really worked hard on trying to achieve them. We didn't just like not work to get them. We think we didn't think that they were just going to come. Yep. We thought, and when we worked and uh, it didn't happen and that sucks that none of them happened, but we still love what we're doing and we, and we're not going away and we're still in the pursuit of those goals. Exactly. Right? exactly. Like, it's not like, yeah. The problem is, like, those expectations lead to, like, that depression and anxiety because, like, there's a timeline to it. Like, by January. And they're arbitrary goals. Yes. It's you like. Just, you just. You, you off of a whim. We put them on a whim. Like, all right, we're going to get here. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, think about this. Like, <laughs> what, I, I. Why yeah. are you going to get, you know. <laughs> exactly. And then because you didn't meet that, yeah, it might be depressing because that was a goal and then you didn't meet it. But, like, not your failure, you know. Like, yeah. Well, they're arbitrary. Yeah, it was funny because yeah, I was like, Andrew and I talked about this like in July when we were, you know, BP was on the rise, the corp <laughs> was crushing, and we had like I'd argue it's still crushing. Yeah, no, we're still crushing. But like, I I go home, um, for you know for a couple days in uh, August. And, Where's home? Uh, Denver. Colorado, Denver. Denver. Yeah, and I'm driving to the airport with my mom, 
Like, this is like a, a tradition of my mom and I. Like she just drives me to the airport at these like absurd hours of the day, so I can get to work. It's awesome. By the time I need, but anyway, we're driving to the airport. It's a forty-five minute drive, and you know, I I bring up to her, I'm like, hey, uh, Andrew and I are thinking of taking back pocket full time by January. And she's like, whoa. She's like, what do you mean you're taking it full time? I was like, well, you know, we're thinking of getting these sponsors, we're doing this and that, and she's like. I don't know if you guys are going to make it by then. But just, like, understand, like, the industry is very tough. And, like, I don't know if you guys will make it. I don't think it's going to happen. Just understand. This is this is my perspective. Yeah. Backpacker's not going full-time by January. And she's right. Like, no chance that it was going to happen. But, like, my mom was, like, believing in the standpoint of, like, where we wanted to go. And was just recognizing the fact that that was not actually feasible from the time frame that we had. Now... Why was January ever brought up? Well, we were sitting in July thinking, oh, dude, five months from now, we can make this happen, right? But we were naive to the fact of how long this actually takes and what the longevity of, like, this game that we're playing, essentially. And my mom already knew it because she's already, she's been in this forever and whatever. But, like, it goes back to this to this point of like setting expectations with the timeline and setting expectations with like meeting this deadline where as like, if I were to go back six months from now where we're sitting in July, I would much rather have just said like, you know what? Like, let's just go for this goal and not put a timeline to it because that would, that would have eliminated every anxiety, every depressive moment where we didn't make it and everything there there on and thereafter. And so that was like a big learning experience for me. Like I really was focused on like, dude, we got to meet this fucking deadline. Like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But it's just, it didn't happen. So that was like a big learning experience for me in terms of like that, the practicality of everything that we do, because you guys are sitting there and like Memorial day, 2018, it's going to happen. Right. It doesn't happen. Like we're sitting in 2019 now and you guys are like, okay, now we have some like, stability now we have some like actual market research we've had some experience in the game but that's an entire year later look at that for us like we have no idea right like we hope 2020 is the biggest thing of all time we're making it out to be that so it better be we're going global in 2020 <laughs> no we're going international yeah you know nice. we're, we're gonna span define big though like what is big Exactly. Yeah. Arbitrary. Exactly. Like people are like, oh, you guys have made it big already, right? In the Twin Cities and and doing exactly what you're doing. Like, dude, if you if you actually like count the amount of people that have been on this podcast sitting in that on that (laughs) fucking couch, it's like over a hundred people already. Which hey, which is awesome. Right? Like let's celebrate that. Celebrate that. Yeah. Let's celebrate that. And hopefully you guys show up to our uh, season finale at Susan Brewery on we'll be November there. Yeah, we'll be there. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll there. We need it there. We'll plug that all day long. But I digress. The whole thing's a fucking challenge, you know. Yep. And I'm I'm, I'm going to crush but, this transition. But you know what the mo- most important thing is? You're actually you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing. And so are you guys though. Instead of so sitting guys. back watching, wondering, you know, what if mm-hmm. you're actually doing something. Yeah. And we're all think about that. We're all actually doing something. So fast forward to 2019, we have a functional platform, you know, a web app, a mobile app will be in the future, but um, we have 20 or so boat owners renting out their boats and delivered great experiences to, to renters um, this whole summer. So what are the chances back pocket gets on a boat? 
Hi. In 2020. Hi. 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 Okay. Are you a gambling man? I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I would throw all your chips on that. All right. All right. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> let's go, dude. But I believe, uh, let's rewind. I don't know how long we've been talking here. I believe your quote was, you are a liability. Oh, yeah. Never something mind. waiting to happen. He is a liability. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Liability. Right. Of the day. We'll right. have to take out a special <laughs> insurance policy for you. Yeah. But we'll no, make it happen. We'll make it call happen. It, can you call it like the deck insurance policy? Just so I can like that's a marketing. But we'll, we'll do it. We'll, I mean, we'll take it. We'll take it <laughs> we'll even a step further. Market. We won't even have to take out insurance policy of, of that. We'll take preventative measures for anything to happen. We got you. Perfect. Wow. Jake that's, coming in, leader awesome. of insurance. But hey, yeah. Le- like I was saying, the whole thing's the whole thing's a challenge. The whole mm-hmm. thing's a fucking yeah. challenge. I mean, that, and that's that's what we do. But what we want to do is challenge you guys. So. You know, we grow this podcast based on the people that have come on and sat in these, you know, this this sectional. lovely sectional that we have. So, who would you guys challenge the back pocket to have on next? The first person that comes to mind, and this is probably just recency bias because we just use his uh, platform and service, would be Grady Linder with Voyager Camper Vans. Sweet. Uh, we actually just spent uh, was it no, two weeks ago. Uh, we spent five days down in Austin, Texas, in which is why which is why we had to bail in the first meeting, the week ago. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're <laughs> people. Yeah. So, anyways, he's got a great platform. He uh, he rents out. Uh, he's changing the space in the RV uh, camper van space with uh, economical, uh, smaller to mid size. Uh, he calls them Voyager camper vans. Uh, so we took him out. Uh, just a little two person. We tooled around for five days. That was awesome. But he's locally here. Awesome. Sweet challenge accepted. Love that. Yeah. Good dude, yeah. Love, right. love, love. We'd be dominate the sandbox. Dominate the sandbox. Continue Absolutely. forward. Awesome. And then this brings us to our final question. A simple question: What did you learn today from the moment that you woke up to when we're having this conversation? That could be two things too. Yeah. Yeah. There's two people. I, I've been waiting to say this, but I, I I keep looking at dominate the sandbox, and I I really don't think it was even said within this podcast, but. Uh, even just walking in and seeing that, I haven't been able to get it off of my mind. And just purely based off of, uh, as it relates to float in our business in terms of dominate the sandbox, uh, that I guess in a certain way we've uh, conducted our business in terms of focus uh, and dominating the sandbox. So we've only operated really mainly on two lakes here in the Twin Cities. And a lot of that was intentional to be able to make sure that we had a lot of focus and that we could dominate in our backyard first before expanding too big too soon talking about setting goals and what we would you know what we'd have liked to accomplish or what we think other people think that we should have accomplished by a certain time period of course we wish we could be everywhere yesterday but the reality is a lot of what we've been able to accomplish to date um, and a lot of what our future successes you know hopefully will be will kind of come off the premise of dominate the sandbox and making sure that you know we are going to go dominate a market and we're going to go deep and we're going to have depth within that sandbox before going and playing in another sandbox. Because if we just have a foot in each sandbox before really, you know, dominating and owning it, um, it, in our opinion, might lead to uh, a mishap here or an overlook of something. There. And authenticate, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, dude, I, I love that mindset. Yeah. And I know we've been attacking that mindset mm-hmm. for quite some yeah. time. Yeah. And I will tell you what, like connect with the people you can touch yes lawrence said that on season three episode 34 like connect with the people they can touch like they are a local band they yep. are trying mm-hmm. to build out this 
brand and band throughout the people that are physically coming to their shows. Mm -hmm. Use that in the same instance with what you guys are doing. And I think like you guys of all people can do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like there are plenty, there are plenty of people like Andrew and I that are yearning for that lake life experience. You guys are the catalyst for that. And I think we've done like a good job at, doing that honestly 2019 we is it we focus so much on the customer and the customer experience and delivering the above average if we could we hope that's our goal to do (laughs) above average quality i know you hesitated but you can go there that i think customer service and just focusing a little bit more on the entire customer experience and over delivering under promising and over delivering is such it takes a little bit more effort but the results are uh, exponential, dude. Absolutely, that's awesome. And that, yeah, that, that is... and that's something that we've learned this summer is like just doing a little bit more than what people are used to. Yeah. Like, it really shows um, on the experience in general. So I love that, man. I mean, what Ty? How how many minutes are we at right now? One thirty-seven. Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> no, no, we're we're Thanks, intern, Ty. Ty. No, we're all done here, point, Ty. Point, and point. I, you know, it's so funny. I need funny. to tell you a story, though. Was, all right. Yeah, yeah all right. No, sorry, story. Ty. Right. Can we, Ty? We're gonna bring it, we're gonna bring it full circle. <laughs> all, right, all right, you better finish your your glass of wine as well. Shush. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't leave. I don't leave wine undrank. All right. <laughs> um. All right. This might blow your mind, but I don't know if it's quite true yet. So. The first time I heard about you guys, I saw, I think, a, a Instagram post or a story by Andrea Toppin. Yes. Yes. Your award-winning marketing intern, right? She's awesome. Best, she gave best, us these floral chairs. Best her, marketing intern probably you've ever had. Award-winning. I'll give sure. her to her. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so, I had a house at Iowa State um, on Campus Avenue with like six dudes, right? Andrea Toppin was on the track team. Marathon runner. She probably ran yesterday's marathon like two hours. Two hours and 40 minutes. Breeze through it, most yeah. likely. Yeah. Going to the Olympic trials. Like she ran Killing like twice it. before I could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she had a house right next door to me with four, I think, four other track girls. So we would have, we got to know them pretty well, had dinners together. They'd come over. We'd have dinners together. And we'd go over to their place when they're having people over. I don't know this for sure. I need to double check with Andrea, but there's a good chance that I might have sat in those two chairs. No way. Oh, <laughs> oh no! In college, because those look like two college houseworthy chairs. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. <laughs> so we need to we need to double check with Andrea. I really hope those were in her house at Iowa State, so that this is kind of full circle you know, connect, moment. connections. You know, it's incredible. Full circle. Well, if you because you you bought those chairs from Andrea, right? From Andrea, Andrea. yeah. Yes, they were. Her. And I just learned this today, so that is phenomenal. So I was doing some you know, little research on you guys. Well, if you if you do, wow. yeah, if you do remember, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, college is kind of a blur, you know. Yeah, it so. is a blur. Yeah. Uh, there was there. There's two chairs. So one of the chairs is Declan's is fairly um, used. Okay. The cushion is no longer in existence. Really, like Dec- it, like makes me do this. Like I don't think you guys understand. Like if I were just to sit down naturally, I'd it still look like this. Yeah, but I have to. Thank you for. I have to yeah. keep it 
tight, tight dude. Keep yeah. it tight. And my, my cushions. And Andrews little, looks nice. A little dude. more feathers in this one. So I don't know if you remember that <laughs> to the extent. But Do you, know, uh, do you remember like which it? one you sat in by yeah. chance? So, so, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I would assume, like, I hope those were in her house because they're amazing chairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, That's but a phenomenal I, story. I don't know. That's amazing. So, there, like the that fact a, that there's like multiple dimensions to the story behind these the ch- dumb floral chairs, but the it, best chairs ever. But the best the chairs best of chairs all time. Mm-hmm. Like we literally bought these chairs because Andrew Toppin, who at the time we had no idea who she was, she was like, hey, "Hey, I'm I'm selling these chairs." We're like, "Okay, this is the one inquiry we have. We might as well like take it." And Declan messages messages her back and says. We'll take them if if you can fit a cover over the chairs. <laughs> yeah, we were like, oh, dude, these are gross. <laughs> and I was just like, that was mean. And she, I don't know, yeah, rubbed right through like, yeah, yeah. We bought them, and people love them. But that is so Phenomenal cool. Chairs. Andrea Toppin and Josh Scheffner to Matt. Um, Chronic. 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 Chronic with a soft Chronic. Chronic C. Chronic yeah. K. Maybe. I don't know. You guys can call what you want. And I'm thinking there's probably a couple more people. Yeah, who else goes to Iowa circle? State? Uh, MGK, MKG. Yeah, Notorious which, MKP. Maggie, MKP. we need to meet. Maggie. Yep. So there's so many people that, you know, you don't even believe you cross paths with and you end up doing. This has been an awesome podcast, Jake Thank and you Ross. Guys. Thank you Guitar so much. Awesome. Good talk for hours. Mm-hmm. And Thank at you this guys. point, let's just, just let's just yeah, let's clap it up. Thank you. That is exactly. You hey, thanks uh, for having this platform <laughs> for Minneapolis. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. God bless. Thank you guys so much. That's a wrap. Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you.